I've got the anointing of a rainmaker on my life. Now, we're going to read two scriptures real quick. The first scriptures that we're going to read is in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And we're going to read together uh, by God's grace verse number two and verse number three and verse number four. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 verses 2, 3, and 4. Uh, divide your portion among seven or even eight, for you do not know what disaster may befall the land. Hmm. And verse 3 says, if the clouds are full, they will pour out rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. And verse 4 says, He who watches the wind will fall, will fail to soul, and he who observes the cloud will fail to reap. Let's now turn to the book of First Kings. We're going to go to First Kings now. Praise the name of Jesus. I sense a strong anointing. In this place, First Kings chapter number 18, First Kings 18, the book of First Kings chapter 18, First Kings chapter number 18, verse 42, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that as he said, behold, there arised a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up. Say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And verse 45 says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah mm -hmm. and he guarded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Everybody say with me, I have the anointing of a rainmaker in the name of Jesus. Please take your seat in the presence of the Lord. I'm super excited that the Lord himself is breaking the veil. You know, I talked to us about the Lord breaking veils. And when God breaks veils, what the spirit of the Lord begins to reveal to us is the mystery of the kingdom. You see, God always loves to reveal himself. And because God is loving on revealing himself, it means that he is first concealed. When I started to walk with the Lord, one of the scriptures that came strong to me is the book of Philippians chapter number 3 and verse 10. Uh, and the Bible says in that scriptures that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
and man of God, I began to ask myself, what is Paul talking about here? Because here is a man who has had deep revelations of Jesus Christ. Here is a man who has been given the anointing and the capacity of the Spirit of God to write the entire two-third of the New Testament. Here is a man who has journeyed man of God across nations he actually traveled more than anyone in his days spreading the gospel but now he said that I may know him does it mean that Paul does not yet know the Lord and God began to open my spirit to realize that what Paul the apostle was talking about is in fact a progressive knowledge of Jesus. If you go to the original Greek word in the place know, the word know there means ginosko. And it represents, watch this, experiential knowledge of something. Mm -hmm. Experiential knowledge now means that you do not know about it, but you know that you know that you know. Experiential knowledge is different from saying, I know about this. I know about this. You might know about something, but not know it. It's possible for you to know about me, but not know me. Uh, in order for you to know a person, you have to know them up close and personal. Okay, And for you to know them up close and personal, you need to have an experience of that person. You see, one of the things the devil is doing is to make the things of the spirit to be mysterious to the kingdom people. The devil likes to mystify the God we serve. I want you to hear me. When your faith is only a mystery, your faith becomes a religion. Mystery means I don't know whom I believe. I don't know how he works. I don't know how he moves. I don't know how he engages. I don't know the protocol that he navigates by. I don't know his covenant. I don't know his ways. I don't know his word. And I just believe because there's a witness in my spirit that draws me in. And that level of faith keeps you at the front door. You don't go past just the generic, just the basic revelation of believing for the sake of believing. Okay, and that's good. It's a good place to come into the kingdom that you believe because you believe. A lot of people do not necessarily have experiential knowledge of God, but they just believe because they believe. And there's tons of people like that. Everything is shrouded to them, man of God. They just believe because they believe. They go around the cycles every week. It's a good place to start. But God does not want you to end in that place. God does not want you to end there. You may start from there, but he don't want you to end there. We may start from there, but we don't have to stay there. We may start from there, but we don't have to stay there. And that's why Paul the Apostle, he was very concerned about his 
knowledge of God in a personal way. It's knowledge of God in an experiential way. And Paul was saying, God, I want to know you by experience. That's good. I want to know, God bless you, woman of God. I want to know you by experience. Because when I get to know you by experience, nobody needs to confuse me about who you are. Okay, First John chapter 1 and verse 1, watch this. The Bible says what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard and what our, 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 our eyes, our hands have handled of the word of life will declare to you. Woman of God, there is something powerful about meeting God for yourself. Okay, you all walk with me. Come on, let me get your attention. There's something so powerful about meeting God for yourself. Man of God, there's something so powerful about meeting God for yourself. There's, I'm, I'm going to say that again. Glory to God. I'm still trying to calibrate the atmosphere. There, there's something profound about meeting God for yourself. Nobody can confuse you about him. Nobody can, 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 can caricature you about God. Nobody can... Try to manipulate you about God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Nobody can tell you that, amen, they saw seven demons with ten horns and twelve tails trying to chase you. When you know it's not in line with the word of God. Okay, I want to help somebody today. Paul said, I've got to know him. I've got to know him for myself. Self. Got to know him from myself, not by just the hearing of the ear alone, but I want to see him. I want to grab him. I want to hold him. I want to experience him. I want him not just to be the Jesus, but I want him to be my Jesus. Okay, all right. The revelation of God now becomes so profound. Watch this. That it graduates. It goes from glory to glory to glory to glory. And I began to know what Paul meant after he had been serving God for years. And he had seen the glory of God. Seen the dead raised back to life. Seen the lame walk. Seen the blind see. Convert an entire city for the gospel of Jesus. Bore upon his body the mark of Christ. Travel across nations. Stood before emperor. Stood before governors witness Jesus Christ amen but still he's asking to know God and then I started to understand that this God you cannot know him finish you all hear me today that, that means he, you continue to know him more and more and more and more and he continues to reveal himself to you more and more and more man of God he's going to show you an aspect of himself and it's called prosperity and then he's going to show you an aspect of himself and it's called divine health he's going to show you an aspect of himself and it's called breakthrough on every level he's going to show you another aspect of himself it's called miracles, signs and wonders and when you thought you've seen everything God will still open the veil glory to God and still show you an aspect of himself it's called humility and then he shows you an aspect of himself it's called authority and power and dominion somebody is here this morning the Holy Ghost told me to come out here and speak to you that God is now about to show you the next level dimension of the glory of God that you haven't seen before I 
know you have seen God I know you've known about God I know that you have read your Bible from back to back but there is still something that you still have not known and that's why the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 3 call upon me and I will answer I will show you great and mighty not no God today show me what I don't know don't show me what I already know don't show me what I've already seen don't take me to where I've already been break the box break the alabaster box break the limitation break every limitation take my mind into a new level if you are here say I want it new I want new I want new starts to let us understand god bless you please sit down for two minutes it starts to let us understand how heaven works look at my eyes everybody how heaven works because heaven works by protocol heaven is a mystery to those who are not citizens once you become a citizen you begin to understand the functionality of heaven by the protocol of the kingdom I don't want to get you on the peripheral too much today. Let's dive into the dimension of God that he wants to reveal to us. And then I started to see that even the power that God has given to each believer, the power that God has embedded in your spirit is unlimited. And the limitlessness of this power transcends not only the scope of this world, even the power that controls seasons. I want you to hear me. Seasons and times. Seasons and times. He said, when I started to preach, God was giving me deep revelations about territorial spirit. And I started to study deeply into that context, woman of God. Woman of God, I started to see how just by the functionality of your environment, your life may be limited. In other words, if you are in a region, there are certain atmospheric forces and territorial powers that are prevalent in that specific region. And, and it's been recorded how revival will break loose in one nation and there's another nation just a street away because there's a whole lot of countries that they share border just by one street. And on the other side, there is no revival happening. But there's revival over here. And people wonder, why is there revival on that side, but there is no revival over here? Why is there prosperity? Have you been to Haiti? You've heard about a, a, a country called Haiti. Haiti literally borders the wealthiest country in the world, which is the United States of America. And there's a whole lot of Haitians who are millionaires who have traveled to America. Watch this, and they become wealthy. This You got to hear this. What I'm saying is so profound. Yet the country of Haiti is one of the poorest of the poorest of the poorest country in the world. Why is Haiti so poor? there's a spirit of idolatry and Satan worship that is prevalent in the region. It's, it's a long historical thing, but when the slaves were being taken out of Africa, the ones, man of God, that was in Haiti, they decided to pact with the devil and to engage voodooism as a way of fighting the uh, uh, slave masters. And they were able to, amen, use witchcraft and voodoo to combat the slave masters and to win them and to drive them away they, they invoke strange spirits strange gods and they said we dedicate Haiti to Satan you don't hear me now 
until today, thousands of years later, maybe hundreds, that country is still under strong powers, watch this, of poverty. And I have had opportunity to travel around the world and I conduct services and I noticed that some regions of the world, they enjoy a greater measure of open heaven than other places. You go to some places before you say, Jesus is Lord, miracles begin to happen. But then you go to some other places before you could even have the first breakthrough, you have to engage heavy intensity of spiritual warfare. Can I talk to somebody right now? Listen, at the, at the entrance level, all saints have equal access. But at the covenant level, all saints have responsive access. And that means the level that you respond to God from the point that he saved you like he saved me. He set you free like he set me free. He filled you with the Holy Ghost like he filled me with the Holy Ghost. But going further than that, what happens to me, my God, the level of prosperity and power and breakthrough, I want you to hear me, that enjoy is determinant on two factors. Number one, the level of opposition that's facing you personally and the level of access you tap into power. And that's why you could be having a friend, you got born again, you attend the same church, but his dad is a pastor, his granddaddy is a pastor, his great granddaddy is a pastor, and they've all been warring on his life, praying for him, dedicating him to Jesus all his life. But your body is a devil, your great granddaddy is a demon, your great 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 granddaddy is the village idol worshiper. And then you come to the Lord, don't you know that the devil does not go back without coming? back and checking if the house is still available for possession and that will intensify the battle. I'm just trying to help somebody here because whatever the devil thought had become a limitation in your life, stronghold, power, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, there's a higher realm in God. When you get to that higher realm, you will not only wait for the rain, but you're going to be a rainmaker. Okay, I want you to hear this. This is so powerful. Because if you don't walk by specific dimension of revelation, you'll be walking on the general aspect of faith. And generalization does not apply to faith. You see how Jesus related to different people with different kingdom formula. The same Jesus healing a blind man. He would spit on the floor and make them more. He will say, you go and clean yourself. The same Jesus healing another blind man. He will say, go and appear to the prince. He used different formula. I want you to hear me for different situations. He used different formula to cast out demons on different people's lives. And that's why, watch this. When it comes to your work with God, you have to know for yourself the dimensions of the spirit of God that you are working on and the capacity capacity of God's anointing that's on your life. That's why when I go to Dominican Republic I do not do the same thing that I did in America or when I go to South, Amer uh, South America or if I go to Nigeria or I go to Europe. I don't do the same thing. I ask the Lord, what is the key that opens this city? You gotta ask him because every battle is not the same. Every 
level is not the same. Oh, you don't hear me today. Every capacity is not the same. That's why God told me. He said, cultivate my people. Take them out of the outer court. Let them know me. Let teach them to know me. For if we follow on to know the Lord, knowing God is not one day encounter. Knowing God is not coming to church once in a month. If we follow on, we follow on, we follow on. We know him in the morning. We know him in the afternoon. We know him in the heaven. We know him on earth. We know him in prayer. We know him in prosperity. We know him in business. If we follow on to know God. Okay. The devil wants him to be mystified. You don't know how it works. How does God work? I don't know. How will God bless you? I don't know. When is the time of your manifestation? I don't know. What are you doing? I'm waiting. Waiting on what? On God. God is waiting on you. And you use the wrong scripture. You use the right scripture. You use it the wrong way. They that wait upon the Lord. Is he saying just to sit down idle? He said those that wait. He's talking about prayer. Those who fast. Separate yourself. And it's seasonal. Jesus fasted once. And he was ready to take over the world. Those that wait. So the spirit of religion keeps your faith in a mystical place. Where you don't know what to do. What shall I do? Okay, pastor say, give 500 offering. Boom, I gave. Give. What do I do? What do I do? There's a realm of God. That the particular revelation of your own spiritual intricacy can only be downloaded to your spirit by the Holy Ghost. For it is the spirit that such a deep things. Yeah, that's deep things of God. The spirit such deep things. He gives you access. He gives you keys. He tells you what to do. It tells you how to do it. Everyone that's under the sound of my voice today, your faith will never be a mystery again. Yeah. Lift your hand and say, I tap into the consciousness of the will of God. So I was talking to you about the territorial spirit. So many lives are under the influence of the territorial spirit. And people don't pay attention to this. People don't pay attention. Why are some regions secular? The DNA of a region has to do with the atmospheric force and influence that are fighting and, and, and orchestrating activities in that region. Okay, so no matter how powerful you are, if you walked into a cold season, you enter into the, say, the winter, God help you. You go to some place like Calgary, Alberta, or some place like Alaska, and then, or you go to Iceland, and you say, well, I, I know how to maneuver anointing. And then you wear, praise God, a body hug, amen, in the minus 30 weather, praise God. <laughs> say, I, I have seen people who lost their mind because of cold, praise God. Literally, like they were trying to chain tires, amen, this gentleman trying to chain tires, woman of God. And then before he could say, Jesus is Lord, his brain froze, amen. And then he just slumped die and he never gained consciousness, amen. So that's how intense it is. So the weather affects behavioral pattern. It affects economy. This is good. It affects what you are capable of doing. I want you to hear me. 
Okay, okay, help me God. The, the environment, during the winter months, people have to wear double, triple, you know, quadruple uh, clothes. Amen, praise God. That's why you need to have, amen, a vehicle that has automatic ignition so that you could sit in your house and ignite it because you don't want to go, amen, from your house and enter into a vehicle that's been sitting down in minus 30. That's why in Edmonton, in Calgary, vehicles actually have chargers. So you charge your car so that the engine does not freeze. Why? Because the atmosphere it, it, it informs activities. The same thing when it gets into the weather months, people do what? They are into the summer months. The summer months, exciting months. People get out, they do vacation, they enjoy it. Why? Because it's summer months. So you don't pay attention. You think things just by accident but things don't just happen by accident things happen by orchestration that I'm amen factored by the environment the atmosphere the atmosphere it decides what we are capable of doing you see we don't have services or conferences during the winter months why because we know people will not come out in large numbers with some people come yes there are some Jesus lover if it's fire if it's rain if it's snow they'll still crawl that way there but the majority of people will not come out in the heat minus 20 minus 30 you don't want to go to church like that. Praise God. So what, 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 when do we do the big conferences? Summer. Summer. When it's August. Woo, every church have a conference. August, September. When it's getting to mid-end of October. That's the end of the church cycle for big events. Why? Because the weather affects reality. The same thing. I want you to hear me. It's happening in your life. Because all truths are parallel. As it is in the physical, it is in the, in the spiritual. And there are many people who are walking into some spiritual atmosphere and spiritual weather forecast that is not driving their destiny forward. They are in a dry season. Some people are in a winter season. And one of the things the devil likes to do, I, 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 glory to God, glory to God. One of the things the devil likes to do is to lock your life into a perpetual dry season. Somebody is here today, the Lord says, you are escaping dry season. The devil likes to lock a ministry, a destiny, a person's life into perpetual dry season. Perpetual winter months. It doesn't end. Oh yes, there are realities of the environment. That can affect a person's level of productivity. How does this thing happen? I want you to hear me somebody. As it is in the physical, it is in the spirit. Some entire economy depends on the environment. People travel to the Caribbean because of the white sand beaches and the wonderful sun and the beautiful ambience and the palm trees by the seaside. And it informs on the economy of a whole nation. What you can do or cannot do, I want you to hear me today, it's not only a question of your potential, it's more of your environment. Environment is more important than potential. Okay. And I want to place that law essentially today in the context of the spirit. Look at my eyes, somebody. If you are in a spiritual, things are locked up. Things are not working. Things are not moving. Not because 
you are not doing something. I want you to hear me. But you are doing something in the wrong season. In the wrong environment. In the wrong climate. The Bible says Elijah in 1 Kings 18 went to Ahab. He said, by my word, there shall be no rain upon this land. I don't know what the population was, man of God. But whatever the population was, life was hard for people. By my word, there will be no rain. By my word, there will be no rain. And there was no productivity. Watch this, somebody. No productivity. No blessing. No miracles. Something could bring a person's life into a dry season. The Bible talks about another narrative in the scriptures where there was such a famine because an army, amen, the Syrian army had besieged the people of God and it got to a level that people were cooking their babies for food because they were in the wrong season. Their creativity was locked. They were in the wrong season. Their productivity was wrong, locked. They were in the wrong season. If your life, watch this, is not experiencing fertility and blossoming at any time, then you are in the wrong season. By default, I want you to hear me, God has programmed us to be fruitful all year round. That's our calling. For the righteous shall be like a tree planted, glory to God, by the rivers that shall be fruitful all year round, all year round. If you ever come into a dry season where you look around you, you say, everything is dry. Something is wrong. You are called to be fruitful. I want you to hear me. It's not about God saying, okay, in the realm of the spirit, we have dry season, we have winter, we have summer. No. There is no cycle of the natural season in the realm of the spirit. Everything in God is green. That's the will of God. He wants you to be fruitful in January. To make money in February. To be prosperous in March. To scale in April. Every year and to continue the same thing till December and to start the cycle again the following year. For the path of the righteous, it's like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter till the perfect day. So the devil is lying to the church that maybe this season is your dry season. There is no dry season in God. I, I, I hear people say to me, Well, I'm in my I'm in my you know wilderness season. When, when things are not working, I mean the God is God is training me. God is testing me. Man of God. Is that the word of God? Yes, sir. There's no wilderness season in the Bible. Listen, when you read your Bible, there's two words that will stand out to you in the context of wilderness. The first one is wilderness, and the second one is desert. And they have the same physical attribute, but they are not the same in the spirit. I want you to hear me, somebody. What is a wilderness? A wilderness is usually a place of training. Jesus was in the wilderness. Amen? I want you to hear me. Jesus was in the wilderness. 
and then you'll see God will say he put the people through a season of wilderness. The Israelites, they went through the wilderness for 40 years. Okay, but that was not God's will. You all know that, right? Okay, so, but they went through the wilderness for, for, for 40 years. But the desert is the place of punishment, which is not God's will. So the desert means you are disordered, you are abandoned. Okay, you are disordered because there's nothing fresh in the desert. But God will oftentimes use environment, I want you to hear me, and circumstances to build the capacity of your spirit. But what is different between a desert experience and a wilderness experience is that the desert experience is prolonged. But the wilderness experience is very short. It's not your place. It's just the transition. See, if you, if you travel, praise God, you are in transit. Amen? You're going to New York, and then you go with British Airways, and then you go from Lagos to London to New York. Is that correct? But then imagine you get the New York, I mean London, and they said to you, this, 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 this transit is a two days transit. You're going to be there for two days. Would you go on that flight? If they'll put you at the airport, sit down at the airport for two days for your next flight, will you go there? Come on, somebody. You'll be like, come on, next option. What is my next option? Because I don't want to go sit because I have a destination. So oftentimes, the Lord would take you to the place of transition, not as a permanent place for you, but as a place of, amen, just a little, amen, place for stopover. Just stopover. Just look around and pick some things and keep going on your prosperous journey. Praise God. But the devil wants to form a permanent mentality for God's people in the, in the wilderness. And when you stay too long in the wilderness, the wilderness becomes a desert. Yes, yes, so God says, I want to give you an anointing. I want you to hear me. And a revelation. I want you to hear me. That will always change every season. Look at my eyes. Wouldn't it be amazing when you understand how to change the season? If you know any protocol of the spirit, because there are different levels in the God realm. If you read your Bible with revelation, you will see how the Bible talks about the throne of God. And the Bible talks about the heavens, which we call the second heaven, which is the atmospheric heaven or the, the seat of the principalities and powers, which scripture called the heavenly places, the heavenly places. And then you see where the Bible calls Amen. The, the, the atmosphere, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament make known his, his, his works. So the firmament now speaks about what you see, where the pilots soar. And then you come into the earth realm. Okay, this is good. And then you see the ground operation in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And then you go under the earth and you begin to see all components of the workings of the spirit. Where you will see the powers underneath the earth the bible says for at the name of jesus all things shall bow of things in heaven watch this and of things on earth that's good and of things where underneath the earth and so there are dimensions of the spirit realm but let, let me say something to you today you know the greatest realm of the spirit is the heavenly realm that's why the bible says listen we are made to sit with christ not in the earthly places Man of God, not underneath the earth, but in the heavenly places, above principalities and powers. 
you know why the devil put the strongest demons in the atmosphere? Because whoever controls the atmosphere controls destiny. You got to hear this. That's why I tell God's people, the biggest revelation you need to have in your walk with God is the revelation to control the heavens. To control the heavens. How do you control the heavens? What is the protocol of controlling the heavens? This is so good. It's not a mystery. If your life was going through a dry season, what do you do to come out of it? How do you change consciously the season of your life? How do you change the spiritual climate of a region? How do you come into a dry land and you turn into a fruitful vine? How do you challenge the forces controlling reality in the atmosphere to shut themselves down? How do you go from scarcity to abundance all of a sudden? That's a secret to it. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.11, if the cloud be full, if the cloud be full, it shall pour down rain. Look at mine. This is serious. How do you pour rain on the earth? Look at my eyes. Fill up the cloud. Look at me. Fill up the cloud. The anointing of a rainmaker is resident on men and women who knows how to use the spiritual law of Father Nathan says, to fill up the heavens. You fill up your heavens. What I'm talking to you today about is not low-key revelation. Because listen, some people are waiting for rain to fall. And that's nothing wrong with that. Man, I got the wait. Oh, I'm waiting for the rain. But there are, there's a generation that God is calling to make the rain. Okay. You make the rain. It's a capacity of the kingdom, servant of God, that goes beyond being blessed into becoming the blessing. Okay. You carry the power to make rain because you have stepped beyond the surface level into a deeper realm of God. How do you make this rain? Fill up the heavens. Fill up the heavens. Fill up the heavens. Ironical that Elijah, I want you to hear me, went to the king, woman of God, and said, by my word, there shall be no rain. Boom! And the Bible says in the book of James, he locked up the heavens. But listen to me. That is the law of locking up the heavens. But the law of opening heaven is not the same law as locking up heaven. Okay. For him to open up the heavens, after three and a half years of dryness, he had to fill the sky with the cloud. The cloud must be full. The cloud must be full. And I want you to see what the Bible says there, man of God. The word of God says, Elijah went back. This is good. Seven times. Seven times to pray. Seven times. 
The first time he put his head underneath his ankle. I don't, that is super acrobatic. Super gymnastic. He put his head over. And what was he doing? Praying. Asking that the heavens be filled with cloud. Okay. That the heavens be filled with cloud. That's why there's not a lot of rain in many people's lives. That's why some people will walk into your season, but they cannot create that season with you. Woman of God. When there's a new season around some place, everybody rush there. But how many people have the anointing to create that season? Because people think that the season is a random act of God. But the season that you will enjoy is not a random act of God. For you to make the season happen, you have to understand higher law of the spirit. Yes, sir. Okay. And the higher law of the spirit has to do with fill the cloud. And can I tell you something? The size of the heavens, the size of the cloud you want to fill, determines how long it takes to fill it. If I want to fill the cloud for one room, for, 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 to change the rain, if, before I start to, you know, speak into the air, speak into the air, you begin to see that it is heavy and, and there's, there's signs. But Elijah, watch this, wanted to cause rain for a whole nation, a whole nation. So he had to stay there. He, for the first time, he sent his servant. Watch this. Go and check for me. What do you see? Check it for me. What do you see? What do you see? He said, nothing. Ooh, Kabbalah de Shatta. He said, I see nothing. He will pray him some more. He will pray some more. He put his head under. He prayed. He prayed some more. He said, now, go check. What do you see? You know what he was doing? He was combating the atmospheric spirits that had held and suspended the heavens and said there will be no rain here. He was speaking to them, release your hand. Take your hand. Is there somebody here that believe that God is calling them to be a rainmaker for their family? Okay. Is there somebody here that believe that God is calling them to be a rainmaker for their generation? Is there a somebody here that wants to be a rainmaker for Nigeria? Are there rainmakers for Canada? Are there rainmakers for America? Is there somebody here that will stay upon the altar and say, God, there gotta be a miracle let me hear you say that's me please sit down man of god he, he did not give up the third time you go check it what do you say nothing listen to me i'm talking to somebody right now when you see nothing is when something is happening okay Woo! because it's the law of the spirit when you see nothing it's when something is happening you said the people that walk in the rain they mean they see but the people that make the rain they have a bigger spiritual amen measuring uh, equipment they can tell that there's an abundance of rain that's about to come he said go the third time he said nothing he says he sees activities in the god realm but yet there is no rain i came to talk to somebody you've been serving god and it doesn't look like nothing is happening don't stop serving god you go again and go again and go again and go again 
The anointing that's on your life is not a small anointing. The anointing on your life is the anointing of a rainmaker. Go again, go again. He's getting ready to rain. The cloud is gathering. God is about to do something. If you are here, say, I'm here. Please sit down. Don't stop. Don't stop. Man of God, I say to people, the chicken lays eggs once a day. Sometimes twice a day if you feel it too good. But you see, you could just fry it in two seconds. And that's the end. You see, the elephant takes three years. Hallelujah. To come to its place of full maturation and to give birth. But when the, amen, when the elephant gives birth, on the first day of elephant's birth, he's bigger than a full-grown cow. Because you are not making rain for yourself. I'm not making rain for Prada shoe. I'm not making rain for Gucci bag. I'm not making rain for Ferrari. I'm making rain for conglomerate of business. I'm making rain to be an employer of thousands. I'm making rain to shape my generation. I'm making rain to bring my entire family out of poverty. I'm making rain to have international ministry, international business. That's why I can't stop now. I'm pressing hard in the realm of the spirit. He said, keep praying. He kept praying. He go, go back. He said, there is nothing. The fourth time, there is nothing. The fifth time, there is nothing. The sixth time, there is something. But on the seventh time, something shifted. Not only in the heaven, but in the earth. He said, I see a cloud, the size of a man's hand. He said, that is not a man's hand. That is the hand of God. That is the hand of God. God told me to tell somebody right now, you are going to see rain this week. Yeah. 